Welcome back to the Flix Forum podcast, where each episode we go back and we look at a Netflix original film in the order of release. Today, we have Netflix's 78th film. It's the 2018 drama Six Balloons. It's directed by Maha Lewis Ryan. It stars Abby Jacobson, Dave Franco, Charlotte Carell, Madeline Carell, Dawn Owens, Jen Tullock, Maya Erkstein, Tim Matheson, and Jane Kaczmarek. I'm Jesse, and as usual, joined by MJ. How are you, mate? Good. How are you? I'm very, very well. This is a... Uh, we've had two really short films in a row. We have. Both under 80 minutes. Both very different. Yes. Uh, yeah, couldn't agree more. This one is a complete switch in um, pace to the one from last week. <laughs> Happy anniversary. Actually, so in 78 films, I reckon we've had three films now that are under like 80 minutes. Because Girlfriend's Day was really short. Actually, yeah, Paradox. Paradox. I was going to say, are we claiming Paradox, Paradox as a film? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know whether you were leaving that out on purpose. No, or... sorry. Let's say four films. Honestly, none of those films are getting touched by studios at that runtime. It's crazy. Yeah. And perfect spot for it. So yeah, I'm sort of looking forward to this one. This one, this one could be a good chat. I hope. I think so. I hope, yeah. I hope. We start our show with our fast flicks, where we do our own little summary of the film. MJ, what's your fast flicks today? Um, for six balloons, it's as a look inside the difficulty of dealing with a loved one battling personal demons and the impact it has on those around them. Now, I don't love that. I do. I don't love. I, that. I think that's quite nice. Okay. It's Thank very you. nice. Mine's just blunt, <laughs> straight to the point. I said, a sister battles between the needs of her brother and herself. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. I think yours is better than mine. Hmm. I like them both. So, uh, what have we learned about this film? Let's look at a little bit of a background of what we could find out about um, Six Balloons. Yeah, alright. So, this is one of those films where Netflix was on board from the very start. Um, despite it um, premiering at South by Southwest, Netflix was already attached before they even started production. So... Um, the principal photography began on October 16, 2016. Um, it was filmed in Santa Clarita in California. Um, and from all reports, Netflix was their usual self, um, incredible partners. Um, apparently the, the two lead actors never saw anybody from Netflix. This is probably a film that wouldn't have been made by a big studio. Smaller studios might have had a good look at it. Um, but now it's obviously got this worldwide platform. But they seem to be extremely collaborative and understanding with the marketing of the film as well, which is, which is an interesting one because at the end of the day, um, that's when they can really put their foot down if they want to. I mean, they're trying to get eyeballs onto their platform. Sure, um, yeah. But um, the director, Marja Lewis Ryan, wanted inspiration from the movie The One I Love for the poster of the film. Cool. And so they got the person who designed the oh, poster wow. for The One Very I Love nice. to design this poster. Um so is this, is this the poster with the bluish background, the yeah, sort of color background, yeah. there, which will probably pop a, up on our social somewhere? Absolutely, check it out. Um, and and I can see the inspiration from the one I love too. Um, so it's just Netflix again giving opportunities. I mean, as I said, we've had two two films in the last two weeks that probably wouldn't have picked up by studios. It's Netflix just going, "Come here, we want to work with you, but we want to trust your vision." It's it's pretty awesome. Yeah. So, uh, so it's based on a true story. On of one of the film's producer's brother. Mm. Uh, so, you know, it, the more inspirational thing for um, for the director, Ryan, was more that she wanted to tell the story about the opioid um, epidemic as well as, you know, her friend's deeply personal experience. So, yeah. It goes both ways, doesn't it? So you're sort of giving this commentary on the wider issue, but mm. you're really internalising 
uh, an individual's story and, and the impact on those around them. Yeah. I think I just said my fast flicks again. <laughs> nothing wrong with that at all. So so the, the two main roles are Abby Jacobson and Dave Franco. So they play brother and sister. They do. Dave Franco lost 20 pounds for this movie, which is a, I worked out. It's about nine kilos. Nine kilos. Nine kilos um, for us. Um, and you know what? We are, Dave Franco is a, he's a pretty big actor. We all know Dave Franco. We do. He doesn't really have nine kilos to lose. Like, no. It's not like he's a, he's a beefy guy or no, anything. not so. at all. Uh, and this is the fourth time that they've worked together in a film. Is that right? So they, they did an episode of BoJack Horseman together. Okay. They were in Neighbours 2, the sorority rising, um, the sequel to Neighbours. Uh, Bad Neighbours in Australia. Bad Neighbours in Australia, yep. Um, she uh, had issue. Yeah, and uh, what else? The Lego Ninjago movie. Ah, uh, okay. There's voices. So a couple of voice work there, but... That's right. Dave Franco's in that, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so there. Yeah. So that's that's where they've worked together. The, so you mentioned before that this debuted at South by Southwest. Yeah. In March of 2018. Mm. Uh, hit Netflix in April. Um, worldwide, except on the 6th of April. And then it hit Portugal on the 16th and Sweden on the 17th. So I'm not... Couldn't Sweden find again. <laughs> couldn't find out why, you know, 10 and 11 days later, but that's okay. We might find a trend because we've had that a few times. Yeah. Sweden's been Sweden's a bit later, so a bit. we should look into that. But also, um, I, I'm curious. I don't have an answer to this. Is when they started filming... In October 2016, didn't premiere till March mm. 2018. This doesn't seem like the kind of film that they can be... I'm, I'm assuming there was a big waiting or a big holding pattern there. It wasn't like they were working on this film for over a year. Yeah, well, maybe they were holding it for South by South. Maybe they were. It's, it's quite a nice fit there. And it was... Well, my Lewis Ryan was nominated at the South by Southwest for the 2018 Game Changer Award. I saw this. You remember who she lost to? Yes. <laughs> so she lost to Olivia Newman yes. in the first match, which I'm completely comfortable with. But there were also 25 other nominees for that category. Wow. Including Daryl Hannah for Paradox. Wow. So it just lost yes. a little bit for me when I saw that. It's almost... <laughs> it almost we, we, maybe we, we can just put it out and say maybe she came second behind the <laughs> first match for this one. <laughs> Top three at least. But yeah, you look, you know what? We, we watch a lot of movies that don't have any nominations, so... Yeah. Did, I had a Netflix percentage match for I this one. Didn't. I didn't. I was looking for it. I was looking up and down and it wasn't there. What was it? 89%. That's that's high. high. That's very high. I thought that was yeah quite high. You know when when we started reading out our percentages uh, on the podcast, probably like I don't know twenty movies ago, whatever. um, Yours were always quite low. Yeah, and maybe that was just the movies that we were We're seeing, or you know you've you've been overwhelmingly positive recently, and Netflix is sensing that. I don't know. So I'm not sure whether this is true, but I feel like if I add a film to my watch list, okay, I get a percentage. I would be okay with that. So, so for next week, I want to see if you add the film that we're watching to your watch list and see if you get a percentage for it. All yeah, just to see. So you you that's that's an experiment I want to try because did I feel you add like, this? Yes, this was I added this to my watch list okay. and it was there. Um, so I I want to see if that that's correct. So well, what would be better is if you didn't have a percentage match, then added it and then came back the next day or something. Hmm. That that would yeah we need that um, would I want to work this theory. out. I really want to work this out. What about some of the consensus? Netflix doesn't tell us anything. They don't. don't. So that's why we need to do an experiment. Uh, Consensus was okay. Nothing special. So I've got got a 5.8 out of 10 on IMDb. Yep. uh, 3,177 ratings. And a 2.8 out of 5. So a little bit lower, but pretty similar on Letterboxd. Uh, 3,277 ratings. Now, this is one of the things that I like, where there's more ratings on Letterboxd than there are on IMDb. And you... May have got your statistics a couple of days after me because for both, there's a couple of extra people that have watched that, which there is good. Go. The Google users, what have we got? 
And I think I've worked it okay, out. Okay, I was going to say, <laughs> I was, I my, Jesse I've brings this up again. I'm going to give him home. I had a play around and I think I've worked it out. So on Google, when you Google search it, it gives you the opportunity to give it the thumbs up or the thumbs down. And I think they collate the thumbs up and thumbs down to give an average, uh, a percentage. Okay. Because I count those like, um, yeah, I counted down the side. I was like, oh, that works out to about 80%, the, the people that had commented on it. So it's an interesting one. It's obviously skewed. That's why we get really high numbers yeah. because yeah, if you really didn't like a movie, you're probably not going to think about it again yeah. to Google it. Correct. So um, the other one I've got is our Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, yes. Sort of uh, what, skewing. What's so he saying? Audience had it at 54%, okay. only on 300, bit over 300 ratings. Mm. This one actually had a consensus from critics. Did it so really? I think maybe because it was at South by Southwest that there were enough Cruise critics that saw it. Yeah, so it had 29 reviews. Gee, that's almost as many as uh, audience. <laughs> yeah. 86%. Wow. So it's actually classified fresh. It's of got course, a it's yeah. fresh. Yeah, certified. So, yeah, certified fresh, which wow. is pretty cool. Well done. Um, but this is, again, this is why we like to use Letterboxd and IMDb with a more robust sample yeah. size than the 300 bloody... It's good for a little bit of context. Good. For it's bit always of good for context. You know, you see things now that have like posters saying, you know, this was 99% on, on Rotten Tomatoes. DVDs you buy it. It's oh, got the certified on. fresh on the front cover sometimes. I now. guess that's all to do with the critics' scores. Mm. So th- there's some sort of level of... And like we said, we're in this society where people first check is Rotten Tomatoes. What what is what's the percentage on Rotten Tomatoes? It is, yeah, mm. it's so true, and that's why we like to go in really cold into films mm. without knowing that. Because you know what, we're human as well. If if you're watching a film and someone's like, "Hey, this is like three out of ten on IMDb," you're like, "Oh, yeah. it's gonna be tough." Yep. So time for our early thoughts. I think. What yeah. are, What are your early thoughts on this, MJ? Uh, Jesse, I I thought this movie tried a little bit too hard. Okay. Um. I think the overall message was really nice. Um, it took a long time to get there, which in a 75-minute film. Um, and when they got there, it was really explicit. Like they, they, they shoved it in your face. Like I, It could have been a lot more subtle and it would have had a lot more meaning. Um, and I, I also... They just they tried to create this really uncomfortable, visceral connection with the audience that was so forced. that it, it, To me, it was almost a little bit embarrassing. Um, because it wasn't a pleasant watch it and wasn't. and the end didn't really justify the means either and I'll go into that later on but um, yeah Matt, I didn't like it okay what did you based on your little summary there I, I think that you're going to answer a lot of my questions that I have and I can just tell from what you're saying now that I think there's a lot of questions that I've got for you that you're going to have a good answer for I really want you to like this for yeah I, I, I thought this was heavy as hell this was so heavy um, but I was on like I was on edge for a majority of this because I like I was like oh no what's going to happen what's going to yeah. happen um but I, I I thought it was done nicely so yeah that's good so I'm, I'm glad you did we might be a little bit yeah different on this one nah because there's things I want to talk about that won't be as good if it's if it's one sided so yeah also this is so this is the 78th film yes first film that I, that my wife has watched with me of all oh, these wow. 78 oh, wow. films what a film to pick and and like it was I was two minutes in and I think she came back from the shops or something. And just sat down and started watching, and I'm thinking like, is this? Is are we doing this? Like, are we yeah. doing our first flicks <laughs> film good. together? And in my head, I'm like, no, not this one. <laughs> <laughs> don't do this one. And like, we don't, you, don't, you don't talk during this film, right? Yeah. This is not the kind of thing where like it's funny, you have yeah. a laugh, or like comment. On, you don't. It's like silent in the house, and I'm just thinking like, man, this is some heavy <laughs> shit for her to be walking into. Well, I'm at the stage now where my wife will ref- she refuses to watch any of the Netflix films with me. Is that right? Because we, uh, there was like three or four that we watched, and after that, she's like, 
is it a Netflix film? I won't watch it. I thought she was focused on that. that that's so sad. But no, I thought she was focused on the ratings. Yeah. She general. was on Letterbox. She, so she'd it, always said it's got to be three or above on Letterbox. So what, what if it? What if it's three and a half on Letterbox? No, it doesn't matter anymore. Oh, it's a Netflix no. film. Yeah, I know. Because that that the beauty of us doing this podcast, and we say this all the time, that we've watched all these films that we wouldn't have seen, mm. and twenty of them are they're great. Mm. Like I, I'm so glad we watched them. So. <laughs> We're going to spoil this film mm. from our discussion now cool. onwards. So yeah. if you do want to check this one out, pause us, come back to us later because we're going to get into our discussion about the characters now. Uh, so I think we'll start off with Katie, who's the the sister who this film sort of focuses on. It's it's her story. Yep. So what, what do you think about Katie? Um, I, I think she did things that anybody would do in, in those situations, but then she made some weird decisions around the details of her decisions. Okay. So she she'd made this decision that she was gonna she's gonna be the one that still like pulls the brother up, looks after him. But then when push comes to shove, she made these weird decisions like not driving him to that second rehab place and chucking him in an Uber just so she could get to her boyfriend's surprise party. And I'm thinking in she's smart enough to know that in the context of all this stuff, this is kind of serious what's going on and her boyfriend's surprise party it's not that big a deal in in the context of this. And then little things like leaving the daughter in the car and then coming back and bringing the daughter back out. Like she, I don't know. I, she just made some really, really weird decisions. It's, it's a really um, fine line with this character, whether she becomes an enabler. Um, and that's, that's where I saw her like, and I think they did a good job of setting her up as a control freak and oh, yeah. everything had to be done her way. So, uh, and you see this at the start when she's preparing for this party. Like, it's great call. Yeah, she's got to carry the food. She's got to fold the the pigs in the blanket again because they're not done how she wants them to done. Yep. She won't let people help her go get the tacos or the cake. She's like, oh, I've got to do it. I've got to do it. And mm-hmm. she's made this handcrafted sign that everyone's like, it's pretty ordinary, but she's putting it up anyway, no matter yeah, what. Yeah, yeah. And, um, You're dead right there. And she's, she's sort of responsible, the responsible one because she wants to look out for her brother as well. But at the same time, she needs to acknowledge or work out where she needs help. And she doesn't ask for help in this film um, f- to support herself. And um, she makes this comment at the end where she's like, you know, I've done everything for you and, you know, wasted my life on you because I'm always somewhere with you. Mm. And to your, your point before about, you know, why did she put him in an Uber to go to this next place? Like he, he got there, which mm. is good, which is a positive. But at the drop of a hat, she's whatever the call is, she's there. She's mm. there. To, she's there to help him out. And. And I'm guessing, I'm thinking, so there's these ways that they try to tell her feelings through this audio book that, and I, <laughs> yeah, that I is... I've had this in my questions. I can tell already that you probably, it's too explicit for like, it's too, it's, it's in yeah. your face. Yeah. I also think it's kind of bad advice at times. <laughs> yeah. And I don't even know if, like, I don't feel like it was advice. It was more like, to me, it showed where she was at as yeah, a character yeah. and those feelings sorry of, advice like, I'm thinking like I can't imagine someone actually making these tapes yeah it was it was it was a really tricky sort of thing and I'm, I'm not sold whether I enjoyed them or not but they sort of guided her through with those situations she was in I guess well it was all but they guided her through they probably guided the audience it was almost like a commentary for the audience about where she's at she's and that's it. that's kind of why I, one of the reasons why I think this film just tried really hard to make you think a certain thing. And, and you think it, like it works in that sense, but you can feel them trying as well. And those self-help things, by the end of it, I was just like, come on, like, this is this is a bit too explicit, as you said. Yeah, I, yeah and I, I completely get that. But I think it was good at times to check in where she was at. Like, it was mm-hmm. almost like that showed you where she was hitting rock bottom. Because otherwise, like, the whole film, she's 
doing the same thing over and over again. So yeah. it was nice to sort of see in her mind through that audio book where she was at because just watching her do what she was doing, I don't think I would have known exactly where she was at. It probably makes it a bit dry. And, and you know what? I actually thought it was a pretty wooden performance from, from her as okay. well. Um, and again, that's a tricky character to play mm. in that sense. But I, I, I couldn't connect to her. And, and like in the first 10 minutes, I was like, this is a bad performance. And then I kind of thought, hang on, this is what she's trying to do. And, yeah. But I don't know, it didn't stick for me. Okay. Did you have anything else about her? No, not really. So the other one we talked about is Seth, the yep. brother. Yep. Um, and he's this down and out guy. Obviously, he struggles with addiction. As much as I feel like they tried to get you to not like him, I, I couldn't... There wasn't a part of me that didn't want him to sort of succeed you know what I reckon this is to do with yeah. Dave, Franco Dave Franco casting yeah. I honestly think that was a, a really deliberate choice whether that was a plan in the first place but I reckon when they realised they had Dave Franco it was like well this is a guy who is just so damn likeable regardless and, and even if you didn't really know him he's got that face that smile that you, you're just drawn to him and I think that kind of helps you understand Katie's not that like, it's her brother, right? Yeah. But it just helps you understand on a, on a more plain level why she keeps going back to him. I also like through the storytelling that as a character, he never did anything that put his daughter Ella in danger. Um, and I think that made it easier to sort of root for him or want him to be okay because yep. if you had have seen some sort of instance where his actions or his inability to, to act caused harm or distress for the kid that mm. was over the top then you, it would have been easy to turn on him. Yep, I think I, you, you're then, dead right. Yeah. yeah, I agree with that. He um, he wasn't really a bad guy, per no. se. He just he had his issues. and yeah. It's addiction, right? This is an, a film about addiction and, and the destructive nature of it. So, yep. What other characters have you got? Well, I just... Um, I actually had a bit of issue just wrapping my head around Seth as a character. And I think that's to do with a drug addicted character in general you, you don't really know what they're like and what's real and what's not real but um, he obviously had that history a drug history in the first place that we kind of unwrap yep. as, as the film come, goes along but he's he's obviously functioning well enough in society he's working he, he's looking after his daughter and, and to your point he makes you know pretty good decisions for his daughter um, but he also seemed really blasé about going to rehab that first time. So obviously he was sort of slowly on a down and she's like, look, I, you probably need to go to, um, to rehab or whatever they called it. Um, and he was like, yep, you're right. Actually, I'll go there now. And it's like, hang on. Like, so I, I get, and I guess this is, this is drugs in general. It's, mm. it's, yeah, he really wants to get right, but you know, the, the, the drive or the, the and, seduction yeah. of it. The part, and part of him too was probably, he wanted to. He didn't want to have to deal with the confrontation if he said no. So if you say, yeah, I'll go. And, you know, that was her constant fear everywhere they went. You're going to take the car keys. You're going to run because yeah. she knew that he probably wasn't fully into going. It makes you wonder what happens if they do turn up to that party and he doesn't have a hit. Like all, all that distress he was going through, mm. he, that's what it would happen at the party. So maybe he recognized that as well. He's like, shit, you know what? I don't know where my next hit's coming from. I'm about to be in a place with a whole bunch of people. Yeah. You know what? Rehab sounds all right. Yeah. Who else? Uh, look, to be honest, I, I, look, I've obviously got like the mum. Yep. But, um, you know, a lot of this film does revolve around those two, those two characters. You didn't get much of the mum, but I think you got enough to understand that she was the complete opposite to Katie. Which, you know, in turn, and we've already said we're going to spoil this film, it, it's, it's, 
it would have been a really hard decision for her to make when she made it about somewhat letting go of her own son. Mm. But it's a decision that you kind of have to do in that situation. And, and we're going to get to that a lot juicier later on. Yep. Um, Very materialistic. They, they set that up like, you know, she wants to go to this makeup sale. She's having to go at Katie about the clothes she's wearing. So to her, it's about the, the now and how we look and how we present ourselves rather than yeah, mm. yeah, that, that was yeah. Yeah, no, there wasn't a lot to it, but I just think the mum and dad in general just showed you that ability that you have to let go of someone to to let them make their own decisions. And you mentioned the dad, I was a little bit confused with him. So the first scene that you see him, he rocks up at the house when they're preparing for this party, and the first thing he does is he pours himself a glass of wine. Mm, been a long day. Okay, is that <laughs> is that like I was looking at it, I'm thinking, okay, so is this an inkling that addiction runs in the family. Yeah, okay. That's, that's... Or, or was it that he's just so carefree um, that he's just, you know, straight into it? Because, or is that how he... Because he had to deal with the mum straight away. Is that how he deals with the yeah, mum? Yeah. I'd like to think that it was to do with addiction running in the family, but there's probably not enough evidence to support that. And I was confused too because um, at the end, there's this comment where, you know, Katie's sort of fallen in a heap and he makes this comment like, you know, you just got to suck it up and get over it. But he was the one that got him the job. Like, he got Seth this job, so he obviously hasn't gotten over it himself either. True. But firstly, do you remember that was what they talked about, how dad's always going to yeah. say, suck it up and suck get up, over yeah. it and, you yeah. know, tough out. But um, I don't think that... I don't think that they stop, like, caring and loving for their kids. I think that there's an element of when they're at rock bottom because of the problems that they're doing, them jumping in and helping isn't going to help. No. Getting him a job, I guess, is a way to lead him towards sobriety. Um, yeah. Potentially. It feels different than answering the call when he's having an I mean, overdose. Again, yeah. overdose wrong way, but having a bad trip or whatever you want to call it. The last one I had was Jack, the boyfriend. Mm. Um, he, he's always put second behind Seth to his partner, Katie. But he, to me, he still seems supportive for her. Mm. Um, and he just didn't want to be lied to. Um, and he wants to be able to help, help Katie. And that's part of her struggle throughout this is asking for help. Yep. And you say that at the start and you say that at the end. He's like, I, I can help you. You've just got to ask for it. Um, yeah. It was interesting that scene where she goes home and, it, and it's Jack and it's the mum and dad all come into the room. Mm. Like, oh, you know what? Is Seth you know, taking drugs again kind of thing or what's happening? And that way that everyone kind of turned on Katie... Even though you're sitting there going like, hang on, she's trying to do the right thing here. But you understand that this has probably been a discussion. Hey, you got to let go. Uh, let him let him fail and figure it out himself and fix himself. Because I was thinking like, this isn't doesn't seem right. But I guess that, that, that's the beauty of this message is that it's really difficult for you to, to help someone if they don't want to help themselves. Um, and you're just making, probably making it worse for them every single time. 100%, yeah. And that, that scene really stood out that everyone turns on her. And I was like, oh. Hmm. But, you know, you're smart enough to work it out. To work it out. Anyone else you want to talk about? I, no. no. It, I mean, you could talk about the, the daughter, but daughter. she's just there yeah, to make there. sure that... Oh, yeah. She's adorable. Well, so the director, mm. uh, Maha Lewis Ryan, it's her first feature. Mm. So she wrote and directed it. Um, she's directed an upcoming episode of The L Word and a TV movie called College and a film called Liked. So it's almost like she's got a springboard. She's coming, this, yeah. You know, which is good. Um, yeah, I think she's, you know, youngish, hmm. like early 30s or something. Yeah. What did you think of the cast? Well, you've mentioned that you... Yeah, I didn't... Weren't a fan no of No offense, Abby, Abby Jackson, but I didn't... Um, I didn't love that performance. And I, I don't think I've seen her in anything else, really. I've, I've seen Neighbours too, but I don't remember her. 
Um, Dave Franco was good. Uh, pretty out of character role for him, but yep. thought he did it pretty well. I think he's a pretty good actor. Um, apart from that, like they all kind of just blend in. I, th- my f- I thought that the twin girls who played um, Ella, mm. I thought they were really good. Yeah, they were really good. They were really good for kid actors. Um, I thought a lot of the, the delivery of lines and... Really young. Like, yeah, really not, not like they're four or five. Mm. They're seriously two or three. I thought they were a good find. Um, I thought they did a good job. Yeah, no, I'll yeah. give you that. That's a good call. All right, same time. What mm. are some scenes that stood out for you in this one? Um, yeah, early on when he uh, Seth's in the car and he starts to kind of really wind down and think that they need to go to rehab and this is not going too well. The little girl starts singing Wheels in the Bus go mm-hmm. round and round. Um, and it kind of straight away I'm like this is like a recurring thing for Seth right so mm-hmm. no matter what he does if he goes to detox right now it's just going to come back to this point again and again and again so it's a great pickup. and um, did you after it cuts from the kids singing it to like some sort of uh, like a indie, studio version yeah, of it an indie, <laughs> indie sort of uh, folk band playing it which I thought I was I think they cool. had that playing on, they actually had the had CD playing, CD playing yeah. yeah that was cool yeah um I thought it was a pretty good scene when he when he came out of the cubicle um, after he'd injected again and he was like acting like a helicopter and um, just seeing that, that change in him and, you know, for those people who haven't dealt with those kinds of situations, um, it's a pretty crazy juxtaposition to be like, this guy was on his deathbed a second ago and... He's up and about. It's crazy and he's putting bad things in himself and that's... Mm. You know that's the that's the difference. So, but that was pretty powerful for me. Okay. Um, this uh, this is in my good scenes. This is very much. If you're into this movie, this was a good scene. But it's also one of the reasons I had a problem with this movie. So okay. I'm kind of on the. But the metaphor of letting go in yeah. the car filled with water. It, it was a strong metaphor and it was a powerful scene, but it was also way too explicit. And, uh, I don't know. This is one of like uh, the whole time thinking this movie is trying too hard to force something. It's trying too hard. It's trying too hard. And that was like the culmination of it trying too hard. It's like, hey, we're trying to talk about letting go. This is what it feels like. I don't know. I liked it, but I didn't like it. Sure. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I get it. What do you got? Um, so the the first time that Katie gets in the car with Seth and um, I just had a bit of a laugh. There's a scene where like he's telling his daughter, Ella, he's like, you know, Aunt Katie is incompetent and then she repeated it and it was just like spot on it was like perfect comedic timing I just thought that was really funny I actually thought she said competent Competent, when she repeated (laughs) probably did but like you knew what they were going for it almost makes it it even funnier funnier, she said competent I thought that was cool Uh, I thought the way that and I sort of mentioned this with um, before but the way that they protected Allah through the technical side of things um, was really good so there's like the first time where you know she um she asks him to roll his sleeves up so she can check his arms out. And it sort of goes, you know, um, you know, from uh, blurring and almost out. It was like that bubbling thing from the audio soundtrack. So it was like, you knew what they were talking about, mm. but Ella in the back seat, it was blurred, blurred from her. Yes. So it was like, it, it was nice. These nice little techniques throughout. And um, at the end of the party too, there's like a scene where she's running around trying to find daddy. And it's like the camera sort of, it's like this point of view, low angle shot of her running around the house. And it was just like, it's a kid. She, yeah, this is... Realistically, <clears throat> she doesn't have an idea of what's going on, and I like the way that they protected her throughout yeah. and that sort of stuff. That's a good call. I mean, she was such an important device throughout the whole yeah. film. Um, I didn't mind the, the pharmacy scene where um, we sort of see the first real sign of, of Katie sort of breaking or hitting that, that point of 
she's hit that point now she's going to come down and it's where she asks the the sales assistant for the keys for the toilet and she swears which we haven't seen her swear like that before and then when you, sh- you know she's got the key she does the right thing afterwards they're out the front taken back the store's locked and you know she smashes the window and that was sort of like it was just a nice scene where you know you could you could see that she was she was had a little bit of emotion in her it's the lengths that she'll go to as well yeah um and it's funny because without the messaging of being having to let go to help someone, you know, get over something, mm. everything she does is so damn noble throughout this whole film. And like, I'm, I'm, I've been watching this film thinking, God, this girl must be exhausted. Like, she's going to want to go home, have a massive shower, and sleep for 15 hours. But, yeah. Um, yeah. She could have avoided it all. Well, the last thing I've got is it's a lot of the scenes in the car with Katie and Seth. And just like this brother and sister connection that you see, like, they talk about. You know, he's poor singing a lot and these stories of their childhood where, you know, she's talking about vomiting out the car window and that sort of thing. I just thought they were, they were quite nice like that, in the yeah. car. Yeah. All right, what, what are some things that you weren't a fan of? Yeah, I mean, I spoke about... Um, I spoke about Abby Jackson and just, like, her sort of lack of chemistry with other characters. And I noticed it in the very first scene, talking about makeup with her mum and, and putting on those earrings. And there, were no, there was no chemistry between those two actors in that car. Um, and I, I, I kind of think I feel this a lot early in films, and I know you know a lot of films aren't aren't shot chronologically. Mm-hmm. But if I was if I was directing a film, and I'm, I'm no point going to say that I'm qualified <laughs> to make this comment, but if I was, I think I would definitely start with like the first. Sorry, I'd go with the first scene much later on once the character once the actor feels like they've established themselves within the character, because I just find so often it, it really just misses the mark, and I'm not. It could be on me, but okay. Um, in this, it really stood out as as lack of chemistry. Sure. Um, I kind of touched on this before, but I hated that she didn't drive him to that other detox place. Mm-hmm. It, it just felt so obvious that this was a massive moment, and the idea of going back to the party didn't didn't seem like it was anywhere near as important. So I thought that was really. And when I saw him in the Uber, I was like, "Come on, love! Like, what are you doing?" I, I didn't mind it because I thought it was like this this moment in her story where she's trying to yeah she's trying to let go. It's a great point. I, I know and, what you're saying. Yeah, and I backfired on her obviously. Yeah, but just using that party as because that's what in her head it was. I got to get back to the party, and then I got to get the cake, and that was her excuse. But it's like no, it's not that excuse. No. Like, they, if, they if you're gonna go here, oh well, we know she she was constantly lying for him. But yeah, yeah. that that could have like you know I know it's a film and it was early in the film, but that in real life that could have been the moment where. She's like, look, I'm going to get in there and he's going to be okay and then I can just enjoy my night. Like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I guess so. Um, and then also I just, I didn't like... Um, so when he was uh, in the cubicle with putting uh, putting the needles together, yeah, he seemed to be able to focus really, really well when he was filling that needle. Considering like he was like, I, I, I thought he was going to die earlier. As soon as he got in there, he was like bang, switched on and, and working. And I was like, I, I get that's important to you, but surely physically you're still in a in a state that's uh, get that adrenaline rush to because you know what's coming. I in guess a couple so, of but yeah, it didn't even seem like adrenaline. It seemed measured and controlled, and um, I, I kind of thought it would have been better if he was fumbling around with it and just yep. like I got to get this in me. But, um, cool. but that that's all for me. Um, you, you mentioned this scene before when they're in the bathroom. I didn't like this scene, but I thought it was really well done, and it's where. Um, You've got Seth injecting himself and you've got um, Katie Katie changing the nappy and it's this high angle shot over the cubicle wall and it's just like, uh, you know, you you can see the two differences literally happening side by side and I thought it was well done but I didn't like it. And you know what? And it's one of those things as well that I'm like, stop forcing this down my throat. Mm. And you know, but 
the problem is, and I say this all the time when I'm into a film, I love it, and mm. I can I can romanticize about the beauty of that scene. Yeah. Because I wasn't into it, and that's a shit excuse as well. But I I didn't feel it. And I was like, stop trying to make me feel something. Something. Yeah. Which I, is yeah. shocking because you want films to make you feel something. But, uh, yeah, I I don't think I felt yeah. much for this film. Yeah. And I yeah maybe that that's a thing for the film overall, but I yeah. That's, that's something that, yeah, I don't know. All right, is it time to talk about some ideas and themes and stuff in this one? Yeah, I mean, so the idea of letting go of someone for them to be able to get better, I love, I love that as a theme in a film. I don't think I've seen many films that really focus on it as like a key message in a film. Um, I've, I've, I've seen it happen in real life and I know it's a really tricky situation to combat and I've seen families really go through tough times with it so mm. I'm, I'm glad that someone made the film um, for that reason but I just think that it was portrayed in a really clunky way and, and it was a bit embarrassingly thrown in your face so it kind of lost the impact for me okay. but I still I still appreciated yeah. the it was there behind it, it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so the and this is sort of feeds in from that scene I was talking about just before like you've got this addiction idea going throughout the film and there's like this line between helping a drug addict and enabling them like we saw her do she went and bought the drugs and this, I, I saw this and I was like it's as thin as that bathroom wall like that that's how that's that fine line that she was there was she was treating in supporting its addiction or helping it yeah it was, it was yeah. a difficult that's, sort of situation that's cool um there's a little bit of love too like a brother and sister this sort of bond that you know um for sure Katie's just so stuck in this like this is my brother like I can't, I, that's yeah. the thing you get it right like yeah, yeah. I have, um, I've got a quote. Please. So this is uh, from the website Film Daily. Okay. Amy Roberts wrote this quote, and I just wanted to get your thoughts on this one. So she says that, like the balloons Katie and her mum struggle to fit inside her car at the start of the movie, Six Balloons shows there are some things in life we simply don't have space for, no matter how much we try to accommodate them. I almost look at it like needing to let these balloons go. Is that another one of those things where it's trying to? I like to... everything yeah. about that except for we don't have space for it because I don't think that's true at all. I think I don't think it's a case of Katie not having the space to look after her brother. I think it's the the idea that um, for him to get better, he needs to hit rock bottom, and she's never really letting him hit rock bottom. Um, everything else, everything else, and that's fine. But she does. She's the space for her to have this partner, and Jack is missing because that space is taken up by him. Yeah, okay. I, I I don't know. I don't know, but I just thought it was interesting because it's it's sort of like, you know, realistically, the, the film's titled Six Balloons and yeah. the only, um, you know, you say the balloons at the start of the film when they're, they're setting up this party and they make a big emphasis on a few of them popping and yeah. and pushing them into this car. So, I, yeah, I don't know. It's it's an interesting one. Yeah, you know what? I meant to look in more into that title because I know that I feel like there's some kind of linked with like depressions and balloons and... So, yeah, I, I want like, why six? Is there something significant about that number? Did you look it up? I meant to look it up. I, I tried to find online something. Okay, so it's not it's not like a clear message. No, and I I know that there were a certain amount of balloons that popped in the film, but I don't I don't know what the six like why not four balloons like I don't I'm mm. not sure what it is. Yeah. So if anyone knows, do let us know. Yeah, please do. We're bubbling around like idiots here. <laughs> any any other sort of ideas from that? Um, look, not too much, and like I think they really focused on that that one message, yeah. and, and and you know that was important, and I think it's a great message. Right. Well, what did you take away from this one? This is what you were talking about before about feeling on edge, right? Um, and I felt it too. But I, I think there's a different between difference between like tension and sort of excitement. Like the tension in this film was was so uncomfortable, mm. 
And I think the film was really forcing you down a hole because of the content that was on screen. And some of my favorite films use tension really, really well. That it builds and it builds until you can't take any more. But there's this layer of expectation or suspense behind it that you just you're just gonna burst in case unless someone does something or something happens. So like, like a balloon, like a balloon. <laughs> that's a good point. Um, you know the last last sequence in Argo. Um, there's a movie called No Escape with Pierce Brosnan and Owen Wilson that I was standing standing in the cinema. <laughs> in, in the end of the film because I was so on edge like it's a whole new meaning to like edge of your seat and and also The Invitation is another one that does it really well where this whole film you're just like you gotta you gotta figure this out you gotta do this and this film didn't do that it just made me feel so uncomfortable yeah. and on edge yeah, the whole time Be- mainly because of the subject matter right but I, I still think that they could have done a better job by borrowing tropes from those kinds of films to elicit those feelings and still get that message across. So they kind of, okay, we've got this making you feel this way, but there's, there's another level of getting you to feel some suspense and what's going to happen next and get a little bit like, I, I need to see this, I need to see this, as opposed to this is really, really, really hard to watch. Yep. Um, so that's like the thing that I'm taking away. And I yeah. think it could have, th- this film is completely different if they get that right. Yeah. It sort of reminds me a little bit of Dunkirk. Like the the tension, that had tension from start to end with that ticking soundtrack, that whole film. Yeah. Um, and this one, like, yeah, it, it and it's like you said, it's because of the, the content and yeah. the, the subject matter that, and maybe it's because, maybe if you have someone in your family that's like that, it's going to be a lot easier to watch and not as, because you understand like where it's going. Whereas for us yeah. who are probably a yeah, little yeah. bit removed yeah. from yep. this, made us feel uncomfortable um to me like the stakes were still high for for seth as a character 100 percent. yeah um, I, it wasn't that i was worried I, like i wasn't like oh he's never gonna die or anything yeah. like that that was always a possibility um and to me i think the the thing that um looking at it for them making this film putting that kid in that car was a gutsy move mm. because to me that's what created that tension that whole time without that kid in the car if it was just the two of them driving around a lot of that tension for me is not going to be there. So this is this is another reason, though, why I think it was too explicit. Was because, okay, you've got a situation of a guy who is a struggling drug addict, and the issue at hand is his daughter. Sorry, his sister is an enabler. That's that's our story. Yeah. Okay, so how are we going to make this connect more with the audience? You know what? Let's give them a daughter and let's make them on edge about what's going to happen to that daughter every second of the day. It's yeah. like, okay, that's cool. All right, let's also make sure he's got no money to go to that rehab and he needs to go a different rehab and make it difficult for him to get there. Also, she's got a party that she's got to get to that she's organized. So she's torn whether she comes or she goes. And there's all these things that just kept adding up yeah. that was just like, stop making this <laughs> so... <laughs> like. It, it just felt too forced. Like you, you are trying so hard to make me feel uncomfortable yep. that it, that I'm too uncomfortable to, to enjoy it. Yep. It's know. it's heavy. That's that's all I can finish with it. Like to me, it was just, it was heavy. And we, we've had heavy films before that aren't as they, in your face with you are watching some guy and a lot of films shit like himself this, on the floor. Yeah. A lot of like heavy films will try to add a few comedic elements throughout to seize that tension for a little bit and then get you back on an edge again, whereas this one didn't really do that. Yeah. You can use tension so much better in films. Yeah. IMDb time. Yeah. We use IMDb to see if we've looked something, someone up. Did you... What, got what? Good. I reckon... I, I feel like we're going to have the same one again. <laughs> I reckon it I might. I think we might. Is it the mum? Yep. <laughs> Mate, 
So the mum, who's played by uh, Jane Kaxmarek, good because I've stuffed her name up like a few times already. So is yeah. the mum from Malcolm, Malcolm in the, the Middle? Lois, yeah, okay. Good. I swear I haven't seen her in anything since Malcolm in the Middle. But good on her, and good on you for having the same one as me. <laughs> okay. Was the first scene? I'm like, I think that's the mum yeah. from Malcolm in the Middle. <laughs> exactly the same. I'm like, that looks like her. You know what? She, like, great role for her back in the day, but I reckon she was ruined her career because of that typecast she's always going to be even in this film like oh when are you going to go all crazy like Lois like, <laughs> yeah. alright question time hit me up with some questions what do you want to ask me uh, I didn't realise but I'd already asked you this but I said do you really think a surprise part of your boyfriend was more important than putting your brother in an Uber to go to rehab yeah it's a it's a it's a good question because obviously she made that choice to and she left she'd always had the brother like I, I prefer your idea of that was her way of trying, trying to let go yeah. but I honestly don't think it Didn't was believe, yeah. she was like stressing about the time and and then she was that easy to go back there you know what she left the daughter in the car because she was sleeping I reckon she was waiting for an excuse to go back out but she went back home without the cake as well yeah was that deliberate I was don't that? know who knows yeah I don't know it was tricky was the cake ready it was pretty dark fireworks were going, I don't know what's going on it was on. a long night wasn't it was, it? Very, it was a big 4th of July yeah. Alright, uh, anything else? No, that's all I got. Uh, so, I already asked you about why six balloons. Why yeah, or where that. was Ella's mum? Like, surely she would have been more responsible than Seth. I thought about asking you questions and I thought about being critical about his backstory. Back, yeah. But then I, I also thought it, it works okay in isolation. You know, this is a story that we're trying to tell about a certain situation. You know, you obviously know that it's a... Uh, they're not together. Because he mentions, you know, if she finds out that I'm in rehab, she'll I won't be able to see Ella. Yep. So you, you understand that sort of situation. You obviously understand that he has dabbled in drugs. How bad it gets, I don't know. Um, obviously, the tropes of not opening his mail, things like that. You yeah. know enough. Because I was initially like, I need to know more about more Seth. So, yeah. And I'm like, you know what? I don't think don't I do. Yeah. I think I'm just going to be bashing it if I say that. But Fair you enough. just got to assume the mum and, you know, not uncommon that there's a relationship or lack of relationship with another another one which we've sort of touched on so i i think i've answered it anyway but why did katie why didn't she just leave ella at the party the first time she went home 100 yeah, percent. I, I, I know it's probably to progress the story because like i said you have her in the back seat it creates that tension but yep like seriously you just leave her that's back, exactly back, what i meant the by it, they're making it they're making you so sure that you're going to feel uncomfortable if you're not sure we're going to make okay. sure you feel uncomfortable um, because her excuse was that she's asleep hmm. and to me it's like well her grandparents are right there there's a house right there the car's parked yeah. in the street it's not even in the driveway was it? yeah take her inside Just take her inside yeah. the pharmacy when they leave so they've, they've used the, the toilets and he takes the paper towel roll off the wall and then they walk out with it yeah why? Does. do you know like yeah, I don't know. Maybe don't, like in case he thinks he might bleed or... I don't know. I was just like, they walk out the store with this big... And they walk past the security guard and she just looks at him. And they've That's got this right, big yeah. toilet paper roll. That confused me a little also, bit. Also, open the bloody door. Like, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> it would have so, solved a few issues. How did you feel about that um, attendant when she was asking for the key and asking for the needles? Obviously, overly judgmental. Yeah. But, because there's still a portion of you that's like, look, she's trying to do the right thing as an audience member. You know, cut her some slack. Did you, we, because that's how I was thinking, and I was thinking, you know, piss off, mind her own business. Yeah. Like, she kind of knows what she's doing. Where, how are you feeling? Um, I had in the back of my mind that she was going to call the cops. Oh, yeah. And that the cops were going to rock up. And they would have um, felt too safe, though. Yeah. Well, 
I feel like they perp- like they purposely put a female security guard on the door and a female attendant behind the counter, and yeah, I I just had this. I maybe that's just because I was just so tense the whole time. I'm just like, they're gonna get caught. They're gonna Cops would have been nice. They would have they would have like yeah, been able to breathe out. I just just thought something was gonna happen. Also, I know the health system is very different in America. Not not an option to take him to the hospital when he's really struggling. <laughs> It's a good call. Yeah, I don't know. And then I, but I, I thought about that and then I was like, oh, well, I know that it's really difficult in America. True. So the the last one I wanted to ask, so you've got these two artificial voices in this film. You've got the self-help book mm-hmm. and the GPS throughout. Mm-hmm. Did, like, do you, th- we've, we've touched on it, but I, I just don't, like, did the, did they affect you at all? Like, did, did like the GPS thing, we haven't really spoken about that. We spoke mm-hmm. about the audio book. So you've got the GPS. Is that, was that like trying to have two conflicting voices? Like one's telling you to go one way and one's trying to tell you the other way? Yeah, okay. It's not a, not a bad call because th- those were the scenes with the most feeling of unease for me. Mm. I, th- that was actually portrayed really well. That, that feeling of stress that she had when she's got her brother completely losing it next to her. She's got Ella crying in the back yeah. seat. She's getting message after message after message. message beep, beep, beep. And then this voice is telling her what to do. It was always just like this over uh, this overwhelming sense of everything's coming at me. Um, yeah, they, look, yeah. there's probably a lot more to that. Because the audiobook's telling her, let go. And the GPS is telling her where to left. take him. <laughs> yeah, where to go for him, where to buy his drugs, what hospital to take Great him to. Great call. That's, yeah. So there are these two, it's almost like, you know, yeah. You've got the this one telling you to do for him and this one telling you what to do for you. Would have been great if they had of cut a scene there with a balloon popping at the party. That would have been cool. Yeah. But that's a, that's a really good pickup as well. All right. Time to wrap this up. Yeah. Time to wrap this up. We give our films a rating out of five and then give it a Flix Forum overall average. MJ... Yeah, well, we we had to slog through quite a bit to get there, but I did appreciate that overarching message of the film. I think it's brave and I think it's important. But uh, with that said, uh, it worked way too hard to build those feelings of discomfort without accompanying that kind of movie tension that I spoke about. The characters are really lacking and the whole watching experience was pretty ordinary, to be honest. Uh, One and a half stars for me. Wow, okay, one and a half. Very good. So uh, to me, this... This film was heavy, but it wasn't done in a way where they didn't cross that line completely where I, I had to turn it off or I couldn't watch it. Like, it was still, like, heavy and hard to watch. That's but a pretty, pretty big line, though. Like, how, how often does that happen for you? There's some films where, like, you, you watch a bit and you're like, I just need to pause it for a bit yeah. and I need to step outside, get some fresh air, go for a walk, come back and watch the rest. Whereas this one, like, it, that didn't happen for me. Um, and, you know, this... this made me feel sad that there's so many people in our world that deal with this every day like oh, yeah. this like this is a constant battle for so many people um and yeah that would that was tricky for me to fully um get so i'm i still liked it so i'm giving it a three out of five yeah um and my maths isn't great but i'm thinking that gives us a two point two five yeah it sounds right to me two point two five yeah so two point two five out of five to your point there the it is sad that so many people deal with this, but I think the thing that I take out of it more than the drug addiction side of it is that people deal with this stuff without drugs. People have their own issues, their own yep. demons that they're getting this constant, and it sounds crazy. They're getting this constant support from people, but they're not getting better. And it's not to say that the only way to let people feel better is by letting them figure out themselves, because it's not true. Some people need the support, mm. but um, 
I think the word you use as enabler is, is a perfect example of, of how it works. But yeah, it's a really it's a really common thing and I think everyone knows someone who's been touched by a situation yeah. like this in some way. Yeah. So we are on social media. We have Facebook, we have Twitter, we have Instagram. Mm-hmm. We are at Flix Forum on all of those platforms. We are. The question that I want to put out there this week is that um, what are some films about addiction that you could recommend? Mm. Because there are some good films that sort of deal with the same sort of topics in a different way. Um, and I've put you on the spot a little bit, I know, because I had a little, I, I thought about this myself. And <laughs> well, I was you like, wrote what is, yeah, I wrote the question. So I was like, oh, you know, recently that comes to mind is A Star is Born. Um, oh, yeah, great and, one. And that, that's a film that deals in it in a completely different way. Yeah. Um, but there are there's there's so many like film. films like there's train spotting, traffic which um, you know a lot of people would know half Nelson. I was half Nelson half was Nelson, the one I was yeah. and you know what half Nelson was the one that was in my head throughout this film because mm. I think half Nelson's a really good film. Yeah, I like that. And film it's too. almost this this is it's not as clear as saying this is a good way to, to tell this story because it's, it's not it's not that plain and simple. But. Um, because I'm sitting there thinking, maybe I just don't like things that are really overly sensitive and overly dark. But that's not true because no. I, I can I can resonate with these kinds of films. And the other one that I thought of was Requiem for a Dream. Oh, yeah. I, I, I like that film yeah. as well. But yeah, if you've got any suggestions for I us mean, what we could watch. I mean, Joker. Joker as well. Yeah. yeah. So that's about it for today. Mm. I think we're almost we ready to prepare for next week. Prepare for next week. On so next fun, exciting high note. <laughs> well, next week we have a sports drama, so it might be a little bit of a, okay. a different sort of uh, maybe different sort of go. So it's 2018 film. Sport dramas can be heavy sometimes, though. They can be. It's called Amateur. Amateur. It's directed by Ryan Koo, and it stars Michael Rainey Jr. So I'm only giving one cast member. Cool. Leaving at that, and we will look at that one. Next I'm looking week. forward to you introducing it next week and seeing how many cast members you use. Because I do like Just the one. way that you, <laughs> once you've seen the film, you read out the appropriate cast cast yeah. members. But before you've seen it, you know you're kind of blind. Yeah. So we'll see how that one goes. We we, I, I've had this film on my watch list for a while. Amateur. Yeah. Okay. Um, there's a lot of lot of uh, kids at school that have recommended this one to me. Oh, okay, cool. Because um, it's a basketball film. I like so, basketball. Yeah, we, love basketball. Love, we love our basketball, so I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to this one. I'm definitely looking forward to this one. And you know what? This chat we just had about Six Balloons was awesome. Hmm. As soon as I finished watching it, I was like, shit, man, I want to talk about this. Yep. So I'm glad we did that, and I think that's the beauty of this podcast in general. So if you've seen this film and you don't agree with our opinions, hopefully <laughs> you enjoy listening at least, because yeah. uh, it's nice to talk about this kind of stuff. I agree. So until next week, um, I'll have a good week. I'll see you then, mate.